Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I am your host, Sam Fain, and I am joined by JJ Lindell. And this time out, we are talking about Off the Cuff, episode 209 of Quantum Leap, the revival series. Uh, very excited uh, for numerous reasons. Of course, chief amongst them is the fact that Quantum Leap is back, and we are back for four straight weeks. We're going to get five episodes in four weeks, and it all kicks off with episode nine of season two, Off the Cuff, written by Alex Berger and directed by Joe Menendez. Uh, and I, you know, spoilers right up front. I really enjoyed the episode for a variety of reasons. Um, I, I, I love the momentum of the episode. I love the banter and the dialogue of the episode. I, I, I love what comes in the latter half of the episode. Um, and I, I love the fact that an episode that risks feeling like two episodes smushed together in some ways, uh, instead feels like one you know, one narrative and, 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 and works incredibly well. So, um, I'm, I'm a fan, uh, JJ, what's, what's your short, your short take on it? Uh, I think this episode hits that sweet spot for me of revival quantum leap because it felt like an episode from the original series in terms of the leap and the way it played out and the twists and the turns um, but at the same time, like you said, they were able to perfectly integrate what makes this new version of Quantum Leap unique and build in some of that mythology and some of that character, uh, pathos and history and just have it all work together in this really charming, fun, uh, sad, emotional, uh, smoothie of which I have one <laughs> right here. So, Correction: You had one. I did, I did have one. It wasn't. It wasn't big enough. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think they're, you know, they're hitting the season on all cylinders. And the fact that this is the episode that they come back with from hiatus, and this is a heck of a hiatus. This isn't just your normal. Okay, we're going to be off for over the holidays and back. I mean, right. this is writers going on strike, actors going on strike for months. And then finally they're back and it just feels like they hit the ground running. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something that uh, I had the chance to talk with Alex Berger about um, when uh, I had the, the wonderful opportunity to chat with him about this episode. But we also talked about the fact that there you know, was this long break right between writing the episodes that they had finished, uh, you know, uh, episode eight back in like March. Um, and, and, and here we are, you know, flash forward seven months, over seven months, basically, uh, to the, um, the return of, 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 of shooting in, in late November after Thanksgiving. Um, now the writers of course have been back a little bit longer than that. Um, and they were certainly, you know, getting, getting the scripts, uh, in order and, and, and breaking stories. But, uh, from what I've been told, a lot of the stuff was actually, kind of planned out and, 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 and ready to go in thought at least before the strike even started. So they hadn't written anything, but that they had, they had an idea of where they were going. Um, which I think also shows because, uh, it doesn't feel separate 
it miraculously from the first eight. It, this feels like it fits in perfectly. And, and I think if you, you know, if, if people were completely unaware that there had been a strike, if you know, people were completely unaware of the time between filming nomads and the time between filming off the cuff, I, I, I don't think anybody would ever be, you know, the wiser, um, yeah, which is also yeah. a testament to, to the work that the, the writer's room and, and, and the production staff and everybody has done on the show. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, that's really cool. I, I'm looking forward to hearing that interview and hearing more about, you know, Alex's perspective in the writer's room with that break. Um, and everybody's going to hear that soon. Stay tuned in the video. Right? That's right. Um, in fact, they may actually have listened to that before they listen to this. Oh, um, because they, they will, of course, have dropped at the same time immediately following the episode. So Time travel. Uh, <laughs> right uh so and 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 let me just tell you uh if you hadn't been able to tell by what i'm wearing all of the content related to this episode was filmed over one day just thought that was your favorite shirt that's all <laughs> well you know it's funny you mentioned that because i realized that i was wearing this in the last <laughs> the last episode as well people are trying to figure uh, that out like wow did they yeah. have that back then that's that, right unbelievable um, uh but uh, there's some other stuff that I wanted to talk about real quick before we get into a little bit more depth about the episode itself. And I, I certainly don't want to belabor it because I feel like, you know, I had the good fortune again in speaking to Alex and covering a lot of ground. Um, so I, I want I try not to be too repetitive. However, one of the things that I do want to talk about is uh, um, the question over the renewal uh, of Quantum Leap and a season three for Quantum Leap. Um, I, I will just stated again i've said it before i feel optimistic you know um sure there's a little caution there but i feel very optimistic about the chances for a season three uh i think that there are a number of factors that point to that being the case there was an article uh slash interview released recently that uh gave some comments from caitlin um which may not have been fully in context who, who would who would think um and they may have been i don't know i don't think that they were just the way that they were parsed out within the article itself but that's besides the point that seems to have um made people think that the, that the show could be in danger um and i'm curious before i go any further uh jj what you think about the notion of it being up to the fans to you know ensure that there's a season three and if you do think that this is you know some sort of call to action uh or or if it's simply just like if people are watching the show and people are engaged with the show then yes you know we'll get a season three as opposed to you know get out your get out your stamps and start mailing those letters well obviously you know i don't know either way but what i would what i would say is um there are five episodes left to air and there's been a long break so I think the simplest read is it's up to the fans to watch because, yeah. you know, it's going to be the ratings that make the decision and, you know, the, the live ratings, the Nielsen ratings, but also those streaming numbers. And, you know, a, a lot of the streamers have been able to play things pretty close to the chest these days um, in terms of those numbers and also what, how much weight they carry in terms of right. renewals and cancellations. So I think the best bet everybody can do is watch the episode. Uh, and if you enjoy the episode, stream it on Peacock again later in the week. Um, you know, I think that's the best way that, that you can show your support of the show is to watch the thing in terms of anything else. You know, I know I saw stuff about 
you know, letter writing campaigns and things like that. I mean, that stuff is great. Um, but I don't know that there's necessarily been a call on the production side to do that. I feel like there's some really engaged producers on this show right? that are really good at letting fans know what's going on. And, um, and I would say like, if they, if there's a call to arms, I think that they'll, they'll make the call. Um, and I, you know, I would hope we're not at that point yet because we still have, you know, over a third of the season has yet to air. So right. if I'm the folks at NBC, I'm going to see what those ratings look like. So I don't watch the show. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of my takeaway. Yeah. Um, watch the show, introduce it to to friends, you know, uh, to watch the show and, um, you know, keep talking about the show on social media. And I don't know if you feel compelled to write a letter. I mean, go for it. I, Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's how we got five seasons of the original series. That's how we got three seasons of Star Trek. I mean, you know, these letter writing campaigns work. Um, I don't know if, you know, we're living in such strange times right now is what I would say is that we have more access than we ever have in the past. I mean, you know, when, when they did the campaign to keep the original quantum leap on the air, um, literally writing letters and, you know, the only information that you had back then in the early nineties was, you know, what you'd read in the trades and, you know, very early sort of internet, um, to figure out, you know, what, what's going on with your favorite shows. Now we have all this information out. We have even more media and interviews. Um, and we also have, you know, networks and corporations that, especially right now, they just really seem to be focused on the bottom line. So there's so many elements, like how much does your show cost to produce? Um, you know, what, you know, what's, you know, what's the, what's the ad revenue for the show and, and, and things like that. So I don't know, there's just so many elements now, um, to keep in mind. I just, at this point, again, I'm just like, I think ratings are where it's at. So watch the show. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I would start off by saying, you know, much, much like you said, that if you feel in any way compelled to write a letter or send an email or post on social media, by all means do it. Of course, support the show any way that you see fit. And I certainly don't think that there's, you know, that there's harm in that act at all. Um, I think it's, I think it's wonderful, you know, to, to see people moved to do that. Um, I do think if I'm being completely honest, that to attempt to start any sort of campaign, you know, a, a save quantum leap hashtag, for instance, or anything like that, it's extremely premature. And to be equally frank, it concerns me because I wonder what message that sends to any casual viewers or anyone that might not have picked up on the show yet. Because it would be very easy, I think, for someone to see that and say like, oh, the show's already in trouble. Ah, I don't know. Maybe I won't watch it, you know, or maybe I'm not going to tune in or, and it could have, it could have a different effect on some folks. Sure. Um, I also fear quite frankly, the fodder that it might provide certain outlets that have never liked or appreciated the show, you know, your giant freaking robots and, you know, scumbag sites like that, 
Yeah, that's right. I went hard. Uh, and uh, uh, completely honest, aren't you? The, the <laughs> you know, though the I, I I I worry that it provides them fodder to you know to create an article and 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 you know and throw some shade and talk about the fact that you know oh look what they're already having to do over there or whatever. Um, because, like I said, it feels premature, and especially with it only being January, you know, that's the other thing. It's January. There are not a lot of shows out there that have been renewed period. Right. Right. Um, And, and, and I just think that anything we can do to show our passion and support for the show, I am 100% behind. Absolutely. Uh, But my honest response to it. And if anyone is wondering why they haven't seen me brandishing the hashtag or talking about the campaign or anything like that is because I just don't feel like it's time for that. And I guarantee you, if it does come to that, I will absolutely, I will write a letter every single day until my fingers bleed. Like no doubt about that, that I, you know, that, that I, you know, I will, I will have my full support, but at this particular point in time, I just look at the time of the year that it is. I look at the fact that we have, you know, four more episodes to air um, that, that, you know, there could be a lot of time between now and when we find out. However, I also recognize that it certainly can't hurt to let NBC know how much we love the show. So go for it, do it. Yes. I'm not there yet. But when I get there, I promise you, you'll know. And uh, I, I, I can, you know, I can only hope that based off of some of the things that I have heard and based off of some of the things that I've been able to gather, that the show's chances for renewal are good. You know, is it a sure thing? No, you know, but it's also not a sure thing the other way. And, and, and that's why I feel like the show, there's no signs that the show is in trouble. In fact, one thing that I may or may not be able or allowed to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. And if I get my hand slapped, so be it. Uh, but one thing I can even tell people right now that is not out there is the fact that the set was left standing and they finished shooting on the headquarters set over a week ago, like 10 days ago. Now that doesn't mean that NBC won't put an order in to dismantle the set next week. But it's usually a pretty good sign when they don't start taking your set apart as soon as you're done with it. Because time and money goes into keeping those things up and you're taking up space for something else you could be getting in. So the fact that the set's still standing, the fact that, you know, the, the, that reception and buzz, you know, even inside seems to be, you know, positive all around. It, it, I just think that, like, you know, let's 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 pump the brakes and see what happens over the next couple of weeks and see what the ratings are like and, and, and watch the show, watch the show, stream the show. And by all means, if you're going to write your letter, send in your letter, send in your postcard, do whatever you want. I would never speak against that because it is showing support for the show. I just don't necessarily think we're there yet as far as needing to, you know, you know, all steam ahead. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a pretty even keeled thought process, even with the scumbag stuff pretty even keeled and um and i would i would point out I was one being last thing one last thing i'd point out is that the season 2 renewal took place in very unique circumstances yes you had a network that saw a strike on the horizon they wanted to create as much content as much episodes prior to a strike taking place that they could there really wasn't a hiatus between seasons one and two. They pretty much went right into writing yeah. and shooting the second season after they wrapped the first. 
And so from the cast and crew perspective, this is sort of their first traditional break that yeah. they've had. You know, you can almost think of season one and season two as, as two halves of one very long production block. Um, and so that's going to make, that's going to make circumstances very different this time around for the fans who got kind of used to the idea of, Oh wow. Season one isn't even done uh, shooting and we've already got the renewal. And then also for the cast and crew, you know, you know, uh, I, I can't speak from, for Caitlin, of course, but you know, this is, they've, they've wrapped, you know, they've, they're stepping away. They know they're stepping away for a little while, regardless of whether they're going to go back for season three. And so, you know, that's, that's a different feeling too. So of course they're hoping that, that there's going to be another season and they could be optimistic and, but they, you're still going to step away. There's still going to be this little break here. So a break is just that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a break. Yeah. Like every show does it. Every network show has a break in production between seasons. It's not, it's not a cause for alarm just, just because there right. hasn't been a renewal. So, you know, uh, speaking of breaks, I will, I will throw this out there too. One of the things that's so fascinating, not only about, uh, of course, the transition from season one directly into season two, Alex mentioned earlier that, that they had like some people, not everybody, but some people got like a week or two between, you know, season one wrapping and season two starting, but most people were working on season two as season one was still wrapping, you know, that like is judge not normal. <laughs> no judgment day is being yes. filmed and they are already right. working on season two. So, you you know, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, that kind of, of pace and that, you know, just, just, just keeping the, the wheels going in that manner is, is pretty remarkable. Um, what's even more remarkable is that now that they've come back from the strikes and they are filming these episodes, well, they, they've wrapped, they're done. They, they, they finished filming, uh, on Friday, uh, or Thursday. It's been a long week y'all. Uh, so anyway, um, now that they've wrapped season two, uh, the thing that's incredible and, and, and JJ, I think we can both speak to this having access to the screeners is that the 209 screener, I believe was ready to go, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, but the, the screener itself didn't drop until last, uh, what was it? Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it was Tuesday um, night. Okay. Yeah. Tuesday night. So, uh, which is, which is great. And then, uh, the thing that I found out, apparently they were still mixing, to 10 last week wow okay so that tells you about this kind of breakneck pace and the and the amount of work to be done and 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 how they're you know it was picture locked for a while 210 was but apparently the mix was not complete until last week and that's going to hold true for the rest of the season to the point where i am genuinely questioning if we're going to get a screener for the finale we might get yeah. one for for 212 which airs immediately before the finale cuz it's the two episode night but i wonder if we're going to actually get a screener for the finale and if we do if it's going to be the finished product i wouldn't be surprised if we get something that has some uh um some differences from what airs and which has happened i believe at least twice before i believe that happened with the premiere episode the first episode of the series and i believe it also happened with uh been interrupted both of those episodes had um, some some incomplete stuff in them or some changes between what we got and then what was aired. Uh, so it's not out of the question that that would happen. But uh, it, it, I mean, yeah, just just thinking about the window of time that they have to finish everything up to, you know, to get the press screeners out there to then get the episode to air to do any press for these episodes, etc. I, I, yeah, it is. 
no breaks, you know, yeah. <laughs> just no breaks to be had. <laughs> yeah. Network television. It's, it's amazing. Um, it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, if we don't get to see the episodes, you know, a couple days early, uh, as, as, uh, we sometimes do with the screeners, that's okay. I'll, I'll be making posters either way. Um, either, you know, having not seen the episodes or maybe just releasing them right after air, which is what I'll often do. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's very exciting. exciting. I, I'm, I mean, I am so thrilled. And I think that, you know, off the cuff does such a wonderful job of drawing us back in, you know, just syncing up perfectly with what's come before in season two and really opening doors to what I can only imagine are going to be, I mean, a jam packed thrill ride i suppose just right. to, you know to, to, to quite a phrase for these for these following four episodes um because there's some big stuff that happens especially at the tail end of this episode that just busts things i think wide open for storytelling possibilities yeah. uh, especially with the ongoing narrative that we've been getting so um let's talk a little bit more in depth about off the cuff actually uh the the episode of course uh, starts off with Ben leaping in and he's handcuffed somebody else behind the wheel of a car. Uh, Ben's behind the wheel of a car, that is. And uh, it doesn't take us very long to figure out that we're getting, you know, that kind of like bounty hunter right. on the run, you know, buddy kind of movie uh, yes. uh, akin to something like a, a midnight run or, or whatnot. Um, and, a lot of this has to do with David Rogers, who plays Kevin, um, our, our kind of our, our main guest star. Uh, and of course, Ray being superb as always. But right away, I just feel like the tone is set so perfectly. The dialogue sparkles so well. And and there's such a wonderful pace to everything. Um, it's hard to to not be engaged and drawn in. What, what were your thoughts on the beginning of the episode? Uh, you know, I thought of Hunting We Will Go. Um, totally. From the start. Um, which is a fun classic episode uh, from from the original series. Um, yeah, I I, I loved uh, the the repartee. Again, it, it it just felt really effortless, and um, you know something that you know like a hunting we will go and those types of episodes from the original series had going for it is that they had that pace and they had. I guess it was, it's kind of like a sing-song quality to the dialogue. Yeah. Um, and it carries you from scene to scene um, between the bombacity of the characters that we're meeting on the leap and the, and the leapers need to put together information quickly and deal with a lot of adversity very fast. And that's what I really liked about the opening of this episode is that yeah. things just keep hitting Ben and he's trying to pick up this information and like it, like I put on the tag of the poster, you know, he's, he's left into this bounty hunter. He's been, you know, he's been shot at, he's been, you know, in a trapped in a, in a car, he's thrown from a bus. Like all of these things happen to him, you know, mostly before the, the title card comes up. Right. And so, you know, I loved the pacing and I really loved um, the performance of uh, the actor who plays Kevin. Um, and I just thought that, you know, scoundrel with maybe a heart of gold <laughs> or at least bronze 
uh, <laughs> he, you know, he played that uh, pitch perfect. And yeah, everything was just, everything was there. The writing was there. The, the directing was great. There was a yeah. lot of action heavy scenes uh, early on in the episode. And, you know, and I was watching it again, just another like classic quantum leap connection. It's always the person on the other side of the phone. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yep. It's always them. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but I like that. That almost felt like an homage to me. Like how many times it's like, well, I'm, you know, the, you know, Sam is, you know, doing, <coughs> he's, you know, on his mission. It's like, oh, well, this is the person I, this is my, this is my person I trust. This is my person. Wait a second. You're the one, you're the one that I can't trust. Um, and so I like that. I, I like that, 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 that was weaved into the story as well. But the other thing I really liked Sam about the episode is that that stuff almost starts to feel like a MacGuffin because totally. they pull the rug out from under us Yep, and they reintroduce uh, Hannah. Yeah. In, at, in the second almost, half of the episode. At almost literally the midway point of the episode. Like if yes. you look at the, t- the, the length of the episode, she walks in the door at almost exactly halfway through the episode. Yes. Um, yeah, I love so much of what you said. And, and, and you know, two things. One, I just, because it's so beautiful and I, and I gave you all the praise on the Patreon exclusive video. So I want to make sure I do it on the one that everyone gets a chance to see. But it's seriously, the tagline is so perfect. Since Ben <laughs> leaped into a bounty hunter, he's been harassed, chased, shot at, trapped in a burning car, thrown from a moving vehicle. But don't worry, things are about to get really interesting. <laughs> It's just so perfect. It really is, you know, for, for the nature of this episode. And, and, and yeah, I, I think that, um, you, you know, you also mentioned the dialogue and immediately the thing that popped into my head as you were talking about it was that sort of Ben hecked Howard Hawks kind of like just rapid fire delivery, you know, just, just get the words out. And so much of the humor of the episode is derived from that as well because one of the things that i love about the episode is that it does have this incredible sense of humor and a lot of that comes in the first half but in no way is it lacking in the second half we just kind of again the gears shift a little bit um but but there are some incredibly fun moments uh you know there's the one point where uh, kevin for instance is trying to convince ben to let him go that he didn't do it he's innocent he's an innocent man and then immediately follows that line of dialogue up with offering him some of his spoils from the thefts that he's committed (laughs) (laughs) and ben's like i thought you said you were innocent and kevin's response is i'm a criminal i lie and it's just like it's just lovely the amount of fun uh, uh that can be derived from everything while not losing sight of the fact that there are killers chasing them, you know? Right. Um, and, 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 and that, you know, being able to, 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 to marry that together is always essential, I think, to, you know, to creating something that is as engaging as this episode is. Um, but of course you mentioned it, uh, you know, we see Hannah. Now before Hannah walks in the door, we arrive at Kevin's brother's house played by Josh Dean. Uh, and Josh, of course, is an alum of uh, Blindspot, um, which is where Alex uh, and, and Martin obviously would, would know him from uh, having worked on that show, of course. Uh, and it's interesting because when we meet Josh, we also meet uh, his son, Jeffrey, with his Red Rider BB gun that he saved his cereal box tops for. Uh, really and, shoot, shoot your eye with that thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. and, uh, and, and Josh is an interesting character. And there's this really lovely scene that we have between 
Ben and Josh as Ben is getting fixed up because obviously he's been banged up with the, the, the car wreck, the jumping from the bus and everything and needs some attention. And, um, you know, two things I, I want to insert one quick thing about that. That's really cool that we learn about is the fact that, uh, Addison has the line to Ben that if he doesn't get the shoulder attended to Nick will lose the arm due to an infection. And I thought that that was a really wonderful way to kind of, you know, reinforce the idea that it's not Ben's body, you know, like, yeah, of course, Ben's going to feel the pain because, you know, he's there and whatnot. But at the end of the day, he's taking care of somebody else's body. Right. <laughs> so it's like when he gets out of there, they're going to have to deal with whatever fallout, you know, might be left behind from from Ben's activities during the leap. Um, right. But but anyway, he and Josh, uh, Josh is a doctor, of course, and he and Josh have this wonderful dialogue that, you know, tells you just as much about Josh as it does about Kevin um, with, you know, they're growing up in foster care, uh, you know, in high school together. And, and, and you know, they even kind of name check the Eddie Haskell and, and the Beaver uh, analogy between uh, uh, their personalities growing up and how it was fun. But eventually, you know, everybody gets tired of Eddie Haskell. You know, it's like Eddie Haskell doesn't play as well when you're in your you know late 20s, early 30s, for instance. Right. Um, and so I just love the dynamic that's set up and, and and it further deepens, I think, our appreciation of the character of Kevin, which is always something that I love. Anytime you get the opportunity to learn, you know, more about a character and appreciate a character even more uh, when they're not even in the scene, you know, or on stage or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Which was which was great. Uh, there's a lovely Easter egg in here. If you pay attention to the diploma on the wall after they mention the fact that Josh was valedictorian and not Kevin. And that is that he went to Alexander Berger High School, uh, <laughs> which, of course, is the name of our our lovely writer and uh, EP for the episode. Um, and and I, I enjoyed that uh, a great deal. There's some other uh, stuff in there as well that Alex talks about in his interview, but I'll, I'll leave that for that. Um, but. When Hannah walks through the door, obviously the gears shift. We get that lovely music, which I could listen to all day. And the thing that, again, is kind of miraculous is that the episode doesn't lose sight of of, of what it's set up. Like, it doesn't lose sight of the MacGuffin in a way, right? Right. Like, yes, it becomes you know, about... I hesitate else, to call but, it a MacGuffin, but... Right. But it's just, it adds this new layer to the story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, the huge, huge reveal is not necessarily just that Hannah's in the episode. It's that Hannah's married and has a son. Whoa. And I love this. I love it so much. You know, in, in the interview I did with Dean and Drew for Secret History, I specifically asked about Hannah living her life outside of, you know, the confines of when she meets Ben. And specifically asked about having, you know, getting married and having a family. And, you know, they, they, of course, played it very close to the best. Oh, I never thought about that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, but, but now, you know, here we are seeing it. And I just do, I think it's, 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 it's a wonderful choice. Uh, you know, it deepens her character a great deal. And the other thing that's fascinating is those first few leaps, you know, there was a span of about six years between each of those first, few leaps when he saw hannah and now it's been nine years yeah so no need to get out your calculators or anything there is no way possible that jeffrey could be ben's son so don't <laughs> you know <laughs> let's step back from those theories right away right. uh but but i do think that uh 
I don't know. It just says a lot about the types of stories that they want to tell the type of, you know, the, uh, uh, and again, the character of Hannah and, and, and it makes me happy in a way that she's still, you know, living her life and doing her thing. What were your thoughts on all this, JJ? You know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking for, for Ben. And, you know, we've, we've watched, (laughs) we've watched his heartbreak a lot this season. Um, they're really putting him through the ringer. Um, and it creates this very interesting moral quandary, which uh, Hannah, you know, sort of pretty explicitly states, you know, do you believe it's possible to be in love with two people at the same time? Um, and, you know, she's sort of, re- she's like good to go, which <laughs> it's just, you know. Um, right, right. But of course, you know, from her perspective, and yeah, you, you sort of have to have this kind of, if you're in Hannah's situation, this cognitive dissonance, because you've got your life, you've got your your husband who you love, you've got your son who you love, you've, you've got your work, you've got all these things. But then there has been this traveler, this un- unbelievably, you know, heroic, you know, lovely, almost spirit that has entered your life a number of times from when you were, uh, you know, a, a very young waitress who inspired you to follow your dreams in that episode, really set her on this path. And just, you know, these steps along the way, um, just having such influence on the course of, of her life and just building this bond and this, this love. And so, you know, that it puts Ben in this awkward situation where he's literally walked into this house. This man has fixed up, fixed up his shoulder and, you know, he's married to the woman that he's in love with. And then he's in a room alone with her and she's, getting a little handsy and he's like, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the etiquette is here. Um, <laughs> I am unclear how I'm supposed to react. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a right or wrong thing. And so I thought that that was a really, really interesting choice um, yeah. because there, there is a lot of sort of ambiguity in that situation. And, uh. um, and, you know, I uh, I always appreciate when you, you know you're watching a show like this and and you're like I'm not sure what the right thing to do here is. Totally. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree with that. And it and and also even even to add to that, I don't know how I'm supposed to or how I want to not supposed to. That's the wrong way. But I don't even know how I want to feel about Hannah in this particular moment. Right. And I and I love that 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 it kind of does that because you're just sort of like, what you know, what does this mean for her, and what does this say, you know, about about who she is and the choices that she would make, and 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 one of the things that of course is so lovely and powerful about the episode is that Hannah has that wonderful line about love being infinite, and 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 any parent knows, you know, when they see their child that their heart can grow and has space, etc. And I think that something that's kind of incredible about this season as a whole is you look at Addison. There's no doubt in, I think anyone's mind that Addison loves Ben, but she loves Tom too. 
and there's nothing wrong with that right yeah and 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 you look at ben at the position that he was in certainly in nomads ben still loves addison right Mm -hmm. but he also loves hannah i'll take it a couple of steps further look at tom tom loves addison clearly you know wants to marry her tom also still clearly loves his dead wife yeah yeah and i think that in some ways that tom is really the clearest picture of this right like his love for addison in no way negates the love that he has for his former wife right yeah it, 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 it in no way negate and his love for his former wife in no way negates the love that he has for Addison. And the idea is it's like, yes, of course we can love more than one person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, what a shame if we couldn't, right? What a shame if somebody was married to someone and they passed away when they were young and now you went the rest of your life without ever loving anyone else. Like that was your one shot and that's it. It's the same thing with Beth, right? And it's the reason why when people were upset and it was a very, very small, 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 yet vocal crowd but uh when people were upset that that she was dating magic it's just like what how awful yeah how awful did you think beth was supposed to stop living and loving when al died like you know it's it's not the way that things should be and so yeah we don't you know entomb our our widows with with their right their dead husbands like exactly we have to to move on it's till death do us part you know and 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 then and then life continues and um but you know you know i'll i'll push back a little because i think you're absolutely right when it comes to tom and you know like you know obviously he's he's a widower he still loves his wife who passed and but he you know, that shouldn't stop him from falling in love again. Here we have a situation, you know, of course, with Addison, like literally the love of her life died, came back from the dead. Right, right. And now, and and again, in this episode with Hannah, the love of her life has been gone for nine years and suddenly ends up sitting next to her across her dining room table with her husband and her son. Yeah. I mean, these are not easy situations to navigate and love might be infinite, but you know, you make commitments to people, other people's feelings are at stake. Like, what do you do? I, you well, know. so, so here's, so here's where we get into like, you know, theories and such, uh, because, right. uh, you know, let's just jump right to it. Right. Let's do it. Uh, because I started to wonder uh, on my second watch of the episode, how much does Josh know? If yeah. if Josh is the person that Hannah has decided to spend her life with, have a family with, is in love with and loves, I would think, I would hope, especially the Hannah that we see prior to this, that at some point Hannah would have sat Josh down and been like, you know, I know this is going to sound insane. <laughs> right. But there is someone out there and I know he's out there and I've, you know, and I've met him. And when I was in Cairo, this happened. And when I was going to Princeton, this happened without necessarily getting too specific, maybe about the time travel right. aspect or whatever, because I just, to me, that feels like the type of thing that Hannah would have done. And maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe instead it's Rose from Titanic. Right. And, 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 and it's like a, a woman's heart is, is, a, is whatever she says, you know, and, and, and has secrets from, from the people that, right. you know, you but, but the ocean. 
Yeah, exactly. Throws it, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so maybe not. Maybe I could be reading that wrong. But, the, but it, at least as of right now, let me put it this way: as of right now, without having confirmation one way or another, it exists in my mind that there is the possibility that she has shared some of this with Josh, mm-hmm. and and that again, with the type of person that Hannah is, that maybe Josh was just sort of like, okay let's get married. You know, like, let's still, yeah. I, I'm, I love you. And, and, and that sounds incredible and amazing. And I have no idea how, what to make of it all, but I want to spend my life with you. And if you want to spend your life with me, then let's do this. Um, so who knows, but, but I, but I absolutely, yes. I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from with that. And, and, and again, it's the reason why that scene where they, uh, where, where, where Hannah, you know, tried to kiss Ben and Ben stopped her. It, it, it does make me kind of go like, Oh God. Yeah. That, okay. How do I feel about that? Like I'm right? still, I'm still processing how I feel yeah. about that moment, to be honest with you, to but say, I'm so to, glad they did it. Right. Yeah. And you know, and to say nothing of the fact that every time that she's met Ben, he's been in another host body, yeah. you know, which is a, a whole other layer to it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. right. I, I just, I just feel like if her husband was aware at all of that history, that it it would have come out during during the course of the events. She she had a lot of opportunities to to sort sure. of say, you know, hey, this is this is the this guy. Is Even the if she doesn't right. want to get into the time travel aspect of it, you know, she could say this yeah. is the guy. Um, That's a great point, and she, and she did, and. You know, the thing that tipped her off that it was Ben sitting in front of her, she didn't realize, was the Cairo thing. And if he had shared, if she had shared something about Cairo with him and saw how they were acting, I think that probably would have tipped him off too. So, yeah, I think there's a possibility. Well, fine, you've think, blown my theory all uh, Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> um, I just think that, and, and I'm not saying this to throw the character of Hannah under the bus, I think that that's a tough ask for someone. And Remember, this is not a conversation that you're having in the in 2024. Right. This is a right. conversation that you would be having with a man in the early 1960s. Yeah, no, that's a, um, that's a great point. So, it you know, it's a completely different landscape, regardless of, you know, how advanced a person is in their, in their <laughs> feelings. You know, this is still 60 years ago. Um, yeah. So, you know, give her a pass. Um, I do. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I do think I, I, I do think. Regardless of whether or not she had yet told Josh, I do think that the the notion of her telling Josh is in play. Sure. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see how it how it develops. Um, so just just briefly touch on a couple of other elements of the episode, because I do want to talk a little bit more about potential directions that they could go following this episode uh of course like you said earlier you know the 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 woman on the other end of the phone is of course uh our 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 big bad and she's coming with with her goons to get don't believe them don't keep giving her your location Um, right (laughs) (laughs) um now one of the spectacular things that happens here of course is first of all we we learn that uh you know jeffrey and hannah uh are are building like a uh hydroelectric uh, fusion device basically in their you right. know in their spare time which is awesome that jeffrey uh naturally uh, uh, you know with his parents being who they are the dean of the medical school at rutgers and of course the uh chair of the physics department at princeton uh, which is hannah um he's probably going to have the aptitude to be a, you know a bright boy and it certainly seems to be the case um 
you know, at seven years old, he's already picking up on like some complex uh, scientific principles. And, uh, uh, and one of the things that's lovely is that we get this, um, you know, kind of MacGyver moment as Hannah and Ben figure out, you know, hatch their plot to, uh, to hopefully stop the bad guys. Uh, and I just love the fact that they're using, you know, their, their, their scientific genius here to come up with something, um, and that it's not just, you know, guns blazing from, from, yes. from the get go. Uh, you know, we still get some fisticuffs obviously, but, uh, but that it's about more than that. And I, I really enjoyed that. What do you think of uh, the way that they kind of hatched their, their home alone advanced project? <laughs> well, my favorite aspect of that scene was Kevin who the whole time is like, what, what are you? Do you guys know each other? Are you sure? Are yeah. you sure you, you don't know each other from before? Because you're seeming very familiar with each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. So again, I, this aspect of the episode where they can be doing these serious things, they're in this serious situation, but they can still find a way to weave in that, you know, that humor and that charm. Like, you know, yeah. it just knocked it out of the park for me. And I love the science behind it because, again, that's something that I think the original series brought in spades where you would you would have totally. Sam in these situations where he had to science himself out of a situation. Um, and so it was nice to see that. And uh, with the added benefit of having, you know, a partner in crime that's in the know, that is not a hologram um, was right. pretty cool. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought that whole sequence was great. And the fact that you get, you know, the scoundrel to play the hero in the end, you know, right. it's, it's, uh, it's up to him to sort of save them and save his own skin. So, you know, I just really loved yeah. how that climax played out. Um, and, uh, and I thought it was well shot and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got no notes. I mean, like, it's not that I'm one to pick apart, <laughs> uh, you know, media right. anyway, but, um, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's, it was one of those episodes where I was, I was happy how it ended, but I was sad that it ended when it did. Cause I wanted more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it is. It's such a highly enjoyable episode. And I felt like by the time we kind of wrapped up sort of the, you know, our, our main story, uh, if you will, um, you know, and the bad guys are, are, are taken care of and, um, you know, the BB gun has come into play. We get the awesome fight sequence with, you know, Hannah and Ben kind of almost shades of secret history in a way, you know, working together in the fight scene yeah. and everything was great. Right. And the way that they're in sync as they ha you know, hatch the plan. Um you know, and then everything kind of kind of wraps up from there, and it seems like we're all kind of hunky dory. And okay, that's that. It'll be interesting to figure out what might happen to Hannah after this, and when we might see her next. And as Addison provides the wrap up, we get the very heavy uh, news that Josh is going to die suddenly in a few years, mm -hmm. and. Ben's initial response is like, there's a surgery that could save him. Like it's a simple surgery. It's like, it's fine. It's just if they don't know about it and he turns around to go to Warren Hannah. And as he does, so he leaps. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, the I'll, I'll, I'll address, I think uh, something that uh, I'm sure, you know, QLP will, will, will talk about a bit as well. I think there had been a, a gentle warning um, from some folks to some of the, uh, those of us that are, that are kind of, you know, 
hooked into the show and, and, and certainly that knew Matt, that there would be something coming that could feel, uh, you know, kind of eerily familiar and, and difficult. Um, and so the, the thought has definitely crossed the minds of multiple people. So if you're listening to this or, and you watch the episode and you had that thought, it's yeah, that, I mean, that, that is something to, uh, you know, kind of gird yourself for a bit, I suppose, because the, the storyline is in play, uh, to say the very least. Um, you know, in the sudden, sudden passing of someone, uh, especially that was so close to, to a lot of us, uh, and now kind of paralleling in, in some ways what's, what's happening in the show. Uh, so, you know, take care of yourselves. Um, but, uh, speaking to the show specifically, um, I mean, the way that this opens up the narrative going forward and that, you know, our ongoing narrative specifically, I mean, everything has been set up so well to 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 tell a truly incredible story. And when you look back at kind of just the tapestry of season two, anyway, from the beginning with the time jump, the relationship difficulties between Ben and Addison, the introduction of Hannah, I mean, everything, the way that all of the pieces have been put into play, it's feels like a monumental moment for the show and it creates such an interesting dilemma for Ben. Yes. And I, I am just, I, 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 yeah, I am on the edge of my seat to find out where the story goes from here. Um, I have some theories. Uh, oh, yeah. Specifically. Yeah. Specifically about the possibility of Jeffrey being Rachel's boss in the in the you know current time if you will or technically future time and and jeffrey being rachel's boss for the very specific purpose and spying on this time travel project because uh he knows enough about ben and knows enough about project quantum leap to want to do something about his dad um and that the you know the the DARPA file, which we which we didn't really get a chance to talk about, that they're you know going to hopefully use to try to get Ben home, uh, was likely written by Hannah or Jeffrey. I think um, I have this wild, wild, wild theory that Ben wrote it himself, but I definitely don't <laughs> think that's the way it's going to go. But I love this. I, I just had this 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 like kind of thought experiment almost that occurred to me earlier today, where I was just sort of like, what if Ben wrote it? What if Ben was like? just stuck in DC for like five years and just, you know, couldn't leap because he couldn't figure out what his mission was or whatever. And so he just kind of went about living a life, having a life and, and worked for DARPA and ended up, you know, writing this, uh, this, this, you know, string of code in the hopes that maybe one day, you know, somebody would find it or, you know, it's like, well, nobody else is going to be able to bring me home. Maybe I can figure it out. I've got all the time in the world now because he thinks he's never going to leap. And then something happens and he gets his mission and he leaves. And I was just like, that would be yeah. kind of neat, you know. Now that's yeah. not what it is, but but to be fair, I mean that was just where my brain went for a while. Yeah, um, and that's kind of the original yeah. premise of of Quantum Leap, which was the fact that I think they say it in the pilot. It's like ironically, Sam, you know, the person that's most likely to figure out a way to bring you home is you, and your yeah. brain is Swiss cheesed. So what do we do? Um, I uh, yeah, I I I think those are very credible theories. Um, I'll. I, I will add a little bit on to one of your theories, if you don't mind. Yeah. Just something to think about. Please. Um, so the idea of of uh, Hannah's son uh, being involved in, 
or being Rachel's boss, trying to get info from Quantum Leap, maybe with the intent to change history, uh, like you were you, you were alluding to. You know, his his uh, his father passes suddenly. Um, I was thinking, if that were to happen, if 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 you know Ben or or whoever else managed to change history to save his life, what other repercussions could that have sure. with the timeline? Yeah. Let me ask you this right. question. Do we know how Tom's wife passed away? She had cancer. Wouldn't it be interesting if a medical doctor in that area had been alive around that time? Who oh had passed of a sudden heart attack that possibly could have created some treatment that would prevent that death. Just a thought. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> That's great. That's I great. don't know. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, so, so he, I, I, I'll throw this out here uh, kind of in connection to that. It, 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 you know, one of the things that I know a lot of people were kind of murmuring about when Hannah was initially introduced was the idea that Hannah would in some way would either be Rachel's boss or would influence the project in the future or something like that. But of course the thing that I would say kind of like sensibly point out on occasion that I even did it on the show a couple times is like, she'd be like a hundred years old. So right. I don't really think she's going to have a whole lot. But then of course the idea was, it's like, well, now we have someone though that wouldn't be a hundred years old, yeah. right? Now yes. we have somebody who's going to be like sixty, you know, obviously in a position to own a, a, his own, you know, scientific research company of some fashion or something. So, like, it, 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 it's again the addition of Jeffrey is just such a wonderful idea, and I think opens things up and possibilities up. And regardless of any of these theories are right, right? Like that doesn't matter. What matters to me is the fact that they have got us talking, right? I yeah, mean, they have absolutely. got us right. talking and thinking and engaged with this storyline, and that is due because of the way that everything has been set up and all these pieces that have been put on the board since the very beginning of season two. And I have a feeling if I may be so bold to, to, to say that I have a feeling that once we wrap things up, it is going to be worth our time to go back and rewatch this season from the beginning. Cause I have a feeling that there's going to be stuff that, that we didn't even know we missed until it's over. Definitely without a doubt. And I look forward to doing that. Uh, and hopefully on uh, physical media as well. Hopefully we'll get another. That's right. Season release on in uh, on Blu-ray. Right there. Uh, right there. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <yes>. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would. I would love that uh, uh, opportunity. You, you know, uh, obviously to revisit on physical media, but um, it, it, the 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 way that two hundred nine leaves us uh, is is so strong. Such a strong choice. And it, it draws us in on an emotional level, um, you know, on this on this mental engagement of, you know, trying to kind of figure out where things are going to go, but not in the same way that season one did. And this isn't a knock on season one. You know, I've kind of joked around a little bit about the the mystery box element, and you know, and how this season has been better because it, it doesn't necessarily have that or whatever. And I, I don't know that that's true at all. But for me, 
the 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 mystery here to kind of figure out it involves the stakes that that are in front of our characters as opposed to uh you know oh well where is martinez from or you know what does he represent or how are we going to catch up with martinez instead it's more about my emotional investment and engagement with these characters that i'm asking these questions and when i get to ask the questions from that perspective to me it's always more powerful than you know well what's the smoke monster you know what i mean <laughs> yeah why are there polar bears on the island right uh, <laughs> right 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 yeah because when you ask it as enough crazy questions i mean you can and again just talking just speculating about what's going to happen in the next four don't don't get trapped in in that the speculation quagmire where you you know you're writing the rest of the season in your head and if the writers don't write the same season that you did you're somehow disappointed or it's not as good or you know because that's not really the expectation of a show shouldn't be for it to play out exactly like you thought it would i mean yeah, right. it sort of should be the opposite right yeah um so i always tell people like don't you know don't get too obsessive over theorizing about where you know where the series is going next on any television series enjoy the ride Absolutely. Um, and you know i i think that that sort of that feeling is like i don't love the idea of binging television but i think the advantage of the binge is that you you get to experience a story all in one breath yeah um and so it is like watching a really long movie or a miniseries um that being said, there's something really fun about water cooler talk. When oh, it comes totally. To favorite shows. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, fan theories are one thing. Water cooler talk is one thing. Enjoying something should be the point. Yes. Not, not getting, you know, obsessive and disappointed when it doesn't work out exactly the way that you had set out in your mind. So, uh, yeah. Enjoyment should be the goal. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think that for me, the difference is don't be concerned with being right. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, all the water cooler talk you want, all, the, you know, all the theorizing daydreaming or whatever that you want. Just it's, it's not about being right. It's about enjoying the ride, like you say, right. and, yeah. and, and allowing, you know, and allowing the show to, to unfold itself to you as opposed to placing all of these expectations on it. Because I think that that is definitely a recipe for disappointment. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's why like, if, if Rachel's boss is somebody that we've not met yet at all, don't even know or whatever, I'm not going to be disappointed. You're going to lose it. I'm going to be gonna, the diatribe. <laughs> these scumbags no, I... over in the writer's room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be intrigued, honestly. I'm going to be intrigued because it's going to be like, ooh, okay, where did this come from? Why? You know, and, and I think that that's the thing, too, is that, like, for me, the writers have more than earned my trust along for this ride, you know, especially in season two. And, and and you know, the 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 actors have just been doing such a remarkable job, too. I mean, you know, uh, Raymond is so wonderful in the episode. Caitlin is, is superb in the episode, gets some really wonderful moments. There's something that I talked about with Alex, her scene with magic. I just love the fact that like that scene is so much about this character about addison like just you know 
damn it, you know, what about me? In the midst of all these curveballs that the universe is throwing me, like, what what the hell am I supposed to do with all of this? And I love that she gets to have that moment, you know, that it's not yeah. about Tom, that it's not about Ben, it's not about the project. It's about, it's a very human, relatable, connectable moment where it's like, damn it, you know, what do I do in the face of this? And of course, Magic has his amazing sage advice. Um, and we didn't even mention the fact that, of course, you know, by the end of the episode, Addison and Tom are engaged. So... <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, so many big things, so many big things. And in a way, it's funny because in a way it's like, oh, we got four more episodes. And in, in, in another way, it's like, there's only four more episodes. It's Absolutely. like, yeah. <laughs> there's, Absolutely. there's, there's a lot of ground to cover. And, and it's, and it, it, it pays off what I have been alluding to for a while, not by any stroke of genius of mine own, but because of it, stuff that it, that's been told to me and stuff that I've been, you know, trying to tell others, these episodes are all going to feel big and all feel connected and all be telling, you know, this paying off this narrative. And it is, it is definitely a case of like, do not miss a single episode because this is, you know, in some ways, this is almost like one big five part story, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, I, I, yeah, I cannot wait to go on that ride. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a heck of a ride from now until, you know, end of, uh, February when we, yeah, and, you know, thankfully we're going to get a double sized, uh, you know, episodes 12 and 13 airing on the same night. So that, right. that's going to be nice. Uh, that's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that too. Uh. <laughs> it is. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also very much looking forward to that. And I just think that, uh, it, 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 it's a unique opportunity, you know, on one hand, I completely understand the point of view, uh, for, for some folks, the, the notion that, um, uh, if we would have been able to space it out, could we have generated maybe more buzz? Uh, you know, like, could there have been, you know, more conversation between 212 and 213 because of the way 212 ends or whatever. But I tend to fall on the side of like, it feels epic and it feels big because it's two episodes in one night. So yeah. I, I just think it's a really great opportunity for the show. And, and I think that it's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it's going to be a special, a special night for, you know, for quantum leap fans. Yeah. And, and, and I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing what, you know, what we're going to get. Um, yeah. you know, speaking of, what I'm not looking next, forward however, to designing two to posters in one week. The, the information is out there. Uh, other than not that. spoiling anything. <laughs> this was in the official press, press release from NBC. If you want to, uh, you'll have already seen the teaser for next week's episode, which, you know, JJ and I have not seen as time we're recording this. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there and see what JJ thinks. Uh, next week's episode is entitled The Family Treasure. It takes place in 1953. And again, one of the things that's fascinating to me is in 1953, Ben cannot really warn Hannah about Josh. So it's going right. to create a fascinating dilemma for him, you know, even compounding the dilemma that already is in front of him. Uh, the synopsis of the episode, or, or really the logline for the episode is, a cursed treasure hunt draws Ben to Mexico in 1953, putting him between two estranged siblings struggling with their late father's legacy. As they navigate a series of lethal obstacles, Ben finds the real challenge lies in repairing this broken family's bond. Super, super interested in where this episode is going to go. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's uh, written by Shakina, um, directed by Jude Wang. And 
uh, yeah, the the other piece of information, of course, that is already out there is that they did a casting call for uh, an actor, uh, signed female at birth, trans, mask, non-binary uh, uh, actor. And um, I'm really, you know, obviously for, for a variety of reasons, uh, interested to see, you know, the story uh, that's going to play out in that respect. But with where this episode leaves us as well, there's clearly going to be a lot going on, uh, especially for Ben. Uh, so based off of all that, JJ, what are your thoughts maybe on, on next week's episode? in the preview for that uh you know i see these summaries and i'm like all right what kind of poster can i make for that so that's my, <laughs> that's my first thought. but um other than that it sounds like a really fun uh you know drama filled action oriented episode so i'm looking forward to that um yeah I, I you know the casting call that's uh that's super interesting i wonder if that performer will be seen on the 1953 side of things or the 2020 side of things. And so that'll be cool, cool to see. And um, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I, I do believe just based off of the context from the casting call that it will be the 1953 side of things, because one of the things that the casting call uh, uh, in, included as well is that the character would come out to uh, their sisters uh, in the episode and that the character existed before all of those terms that I mentioned previously, like AFAB and trans mask and non-binary ever I see. Were even thought up. So, so okay. that to me is also super, super exciting because, you know, of course the truth of the matter is, is like, I know that some of the rhetoric that's out there today is like, what's all, what's with all this new trans stuff or blah, 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 or whatever. But the fact of the matter is trans people have been around for, you know, hundreds and well, yeah. thousands of years. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, like we've always existed. You, we will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so, so the, the idea of getting to explore some of that from a historical perspective is, uh, is exciting for me, uh, in a lot of ways. And, um, so yeah, so, so we'll, we'll see where that story. Yeah. Goes. And, have, and again, like something that I, that I really like and something that I loved about, uh, Shakina's episode last season is that, you know, they're doing this on primetime network television, Damn which right. is great. You know, yeah. telling these kind of stories and, you know, and again, because they're doing it from a perspective of history, and again, like all good science fiction as well, you know, you can have commentary on it in a way that you can't, if you're just telling a strictly, um, you know, of the, of the present story. So that's really cool too. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Anything else I want to add? Uh, you and I have recorded three videos tonight, and uh, you're, <laughs> I just want to say you did a great job. And uh, I am looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to talking again next week and uh, having some new quantum leap. And and uh, you know I'm traveling this week. I have, I have signings in Florida, so I'll just say I will be making a poster for next week's episode. I don't know when, but we'll. But I will figure that out. <laughs> well look all i could say is is nicole if you're out there listening which i doubt you are the sooner you get that screener to us the better uh <laughs> so anyway um just throw that out there to the universe yeah. no uh uh i am so grateful genuinely so grateful for the opportunity to be able to get the early access so that we can you know do these videos and and, and you know get the audio podcast out there in conjunction with the airing of the episode i think it provides us with a really really unique and amazing opportunity as fans of the show uh as people that you know are are 
a part of this fandom and this community and want to share all of this with that fandom and community. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to do that. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have you on the show, JJ, and, and, and talk about the, the episode with you. Um, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for everyone out there that takes the time to listen, to download, subscribe. Hey, if you haven't done that yet, hit that like and subscribe button helps helps the show out for sure as we as we get closer and closer to that magic 500 number uh it's it's so close y'all i'm i'm very excited about some of the things i might be able to do uh with the channel after after we kind of kick it to the next level um and of course if you want to further support the show there is the patreon now naturally as i always say there are so many worthy causes out there that uh, are, are worthy of your time and, and your money. If you're capable and able to take a look around your community, see if there's something you can do, help out a soup kitchen, donate some clothes, especially this time of year, you know, organize a, a, a hat and gloves drive or, or something like that to, to help out in any way you can and uh, to right some wrongs in your local community and the world at large, of course, especially just talking about the subject matter that we just talked about in conjunction with next week's episode, the Trevor project is a charity near and dear to my heart support the trevor project if you can if you're able uh doctors without borders is another one incredibly important to me there's also the epilepsy uk foundation um, which was a cause that was incredibly uh close to matt dale's heart and certainly we want to support them any way we can in fact if you do decide to support that uh, uh foundation uh do it in matt's name um that would be that would be lovely and wonderful um I miss Matt dearly. Uh, I think about him every day. I was talking with someone just yesterday about how much I missed him. Uh, I continue to miss him. And uh, it is it is a, a, a lonelier landscape, quite frankly, without him to, to converse with and share some of this stuff with, which is why I'm doubly grateful to have people like you, JJ, to, uh, to, to, to hang out with and chat with about all this stuff. Uh, to all of the folks that make time for me and, 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 and talk with me, uh, on the phone, uh, through text message, emails, uh, messenger, whatever it might be. Uh, you know who you are. I'm so grateful for you. You mean, uh, so much to me. You really, really do. I don't, don't know if you have any idea, um, for everyone who works on the show, creates the show. Thank you so much for, for everything that you do. Um, I really appreciate it. And, uh, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash fates wide wheel, you can support the show uh, financially. That would be amazing. You'll get access to all the behind the scenes videos that JJ and I do uh, describing in detail his process for all of those posters. Uh, you'll also get uh, access to early access to uh, upcoming interviews. Um, uh, after the uh, season finale airs, there will be some interviews that I'm going to kind of hold back to parse out uh, for a, a couple of weeks, maybe, but you'll get access to those probably about 48 hours beforehand. Um, and yeah, it helps to show out pays for the hosting services and everything else. And I really, really, really appreciate it. So thank you all so much uh, for the patrons that, uh, I already do have uh you guys rock i appreciate it uh that's gonna do it though it's been it's been a long week uh it was tech week last week for the show uh the show opened uh i've not got a lot of sleep the past week i caught a little bit of a cold but you know what jj we did it somehow this day this on this day i recorded uh let's see uh, four hours, I think four hours worth of fates wide wheel videos. Uh, I, I literally produced and edited and uploaded one of the videos while we were actually recording one of those videos. Uh, and, and I am just, 
yeah, exactly. So I am I am thrilled to be able to do this work. It is such a joy, and I appreciate you all so much for engaging with it and for engaging with the show. Support Quantum Leap. Watch Quantum Leap. Stream Quantum Leap. If you do feel compelled and moved to write a letter, by all means, do it. Let them know how much you love the show. Uh, I'll let you know when when I do as well. I mean, I love the show now. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll let you know when I write Almost a letter. Got you. you're, oh you're so boy. Close to <laughs> Uh, on that on that note it's definitely time to get out of here uh i just want to say thank you all so very much take care of yourselves take care of one another stay safe out there and remember to always always leap responsibly <laughs>